scripture this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. These are the words of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the remaining elders among the exiles, and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let the prophets and the diviners who are among you deceive you. And do not listen to the dreams that they dream for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, said the Lord. For thus said the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you searched for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all your heart. I will let you find me, said the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, said the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sharon. All I want to do is like move around, and I got to stay here. So um, let's start and pray. God, uh, for all these plans, yet for space community to come in ways that we can't anticipate to fill where we need things filled and to open us where we need to be opened for the details of this day and just to be here in person or online the combination of the two whatever it is we're grateful so speak your word God you promise to show up amen so I was really looking forward to this year. And I had imagined already all the ways it would play out. In fact, I'm really gonna admit this, I had our family Christmas card already written in my mind. All I needed was the picture. When I submitted my application for my sabbatical grant, I had to detail my comings and goings and all of my activities for each of the weeks from May 8th until August 8th. 
and I had a budget to follow and plans to execute on, and everything had a purpose, and it all lined up. And so when the reality of COVID-19 settled in with all of its disruption and limitations, it became apparent that my well-planned and imagined summer would not happen as I had wanted. What I didn't realize, though, was how everything in my life was centered around those summer plans. Our family structure and systems at home and with travel, all the things that I wanted to do and be in this time. I had already imagined how my summer would go, so I had to rebuild what I thought was already built. And it was so rough. It's like when you just want to pull out the clump of crabgrass in your front yard, and instead when you pull up the weedy roots, it takes a chunk of good growing grass too, leaving a bigger than anticipated bare patch. I really had to decide if I was going to share this with you, and I feel vulnerable in doing so, telling you what I lament about this year so far, because as your pastor and leader, I'm supposed to be tough enough to just get through it. But I trust you enough to share this with you, because we all need a place to mourn the disappointment and the losses of this year. And I trust you to know that my unexpected delay of my time away is no more disappointing than the stories that you're holding right now. More than anything, we need church to be a place where we can process this together, to name what we miss, what happened and didn't happen, the grief and the mess of this time. It is so really beautiful to see your mass faces. I didn't know what it would feel like. And then to imagine all the more, all of us in other places gathering near. As Joel said, we haven't been a person outside since a year ago, Labor Day. And it was March 7th when we gathered on Sunday morning for the last time. Our collective hearts are full of joy and sorrow since we were together. Ella Carlson is here today for the first time. Last time we were together, she was still growing in her mom's belly. And just before Ella was born, her grandpa died unexpectedly. So Heather and Kelly, you are living this odd mix of deep grief and deep joy. And as I look out to all of you, and as I look at the camera, some of you are even sitting by yourself because your beloved spouse has died over this last year. You have experienced the death of your parents, your spouses, and my God, your children. Job losses and job changes, mayhem in figuring out child and kid care, there are heart-charged, bold, and needed conversations about race as we make our way as a community and a nation, and now school is off to a wobbly start. 
Now, holding all of this, it feels really depleting to read all the details of this story from Jeremiah because we're eager to read a story about God that makes us feel better, that tells us how to fix all the things that aren't quite right, to take away the blahs, the uncertainty, and the anxious air we breathe. We often pull out verse 11 of this prophetic story as the feel-good verse, but to do so, we miss the depth of what is around it and the promise tucked deep inside. This story is about God's people living near Jerusalem when the city was attacked and destroyed. Many, many people were murdered and many deported from their beloved homeland to Babylon the city of pagan enemies. They are asking questions. How long do we have to stay here? This is getting old. Nothing feels the same. They're in exile. Call it that or a wilderness time. It's when we're pulled from everything familiar and must trust in each next step. A place that no one in the Bible or in life now wants to be. And instead of swooping in with band-aids and a quick fix like we prefer God to do, a letter comes and it is read aloud. As God's people listen eagerly to learn what they can do to get back to the life that they prefer and love, their jaws drop open and their expectations are dashed. There is no quick fix. In fact, God tells them that they already have what they need to make it. And in their sorrow and their lacking, they need to stay the course. Hunker in and look around and see who else is around them and then pray for them. God's words are both direct and deflating here is the key to surviving when you're at the end of your rope, a place where you don't want to be when you imagined a life different than what you were living. These are God's words. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. God says, live. Do the things that know give life. Build places to rest and plant and tend gardens and eat, and grow, and eat the food you grow. Invest in kids so they can grow up and continue the next generation. And seek out how to make the place where you are a healthy place for everyone. Notice who is hurting and contribute to their well-being and pray for people you do not like. Pray for those people who are bothering you, who are different from you. For in the city's healing will be your healing. Darn it, God! Not what I was wanting to hear as the way to get out of where we are. Brene Brown, a well-known shame research and best-selling author, now has the podcast called Unlocking Us, and she has a recent episode entitled Day Two, and I commend it to you. 
In this episode, she talks about the times in life when you cannot go back to where you were and you don't know if you have the oomph or the wherewithal to go forward. Her terminology day two comes from this three-day training she's been a part of for a long time, and day two is the most difficult. Everyone tries to skip over that day because it cuts deep, but they can't. And Brene relates this to many things. Now, she doesn't get into the theological stream of day two, but boy, is it there. There comes a time when we no longer can fix things on our own, when we have to be vulnerable enough to name the pain and the struggle, and we have to trust as we move forward. And amazingly enough, this is the place that God shows up. She ends the podcast with this great line. She says, experience does not give easy passage through the struggle. But that's where life happens. And we cannot do this day two on our own. We need to reach out to each other to hold on and be real. Even when we're apart, we need each other. Typically on this Labor Day, it's day one for us. The doors are wide open, the donuts are fresh, the choir is singing, everyone is back, new faces are seen in the crowd, and we are ready to roll and do what we know how to do. So different this year. How in the world are we gonna make it through the end of the year or longer without the comforts of being together, moving freely in life to all the places we wanna go? How do we exist as a church? Mostly online. And how do we connect and support each other? How do we lament and also live? God doesn't mince words. Live. Healing will be found in the mess of day two, step by slow step. Dear Mount Olivet, we are not a church to check a faith box on our to-do list. We are a place and a people who dare to trust in faith that God has something to say about where the divine will be revealed in daily life. And then cling in hope when we heed the call and engage in this life for the sake of a city. This is not one more thing for you to do this fall. This is where grace will be found. In the regular, the ordinary, when we look up and out to see the well-being of the people around us. This is really core for us as Mount Olivet. Dwell in God who promises to show up in daily life and then find a place to share of yourself to tend to the welfare of the city. And so a simple invitation, worship in person in September or online and then find another place to build community in this odd time. Do it for yourself and do it for someone else because when you show up, you remind someone next to you that they are not alone, that we're doing this together. 
And nothing is off limits. Because God says our welfare will be found in the welfare of others. Maybe it's serving the community meal, sending your offering as you've been doing each week, connecting with our call to race awareness and justice. Maybe it's learning how to pray. We've got two ways to do that this fall. Maybe it's teaching kids or sending a note to someone you miss, connecting with someone after church via Zoom. You have a million other ways you will show up for each other. I need it. We need each other right now, so have at it. Did you hear this promise from God? To gather all the people where you have been sent and isolated in a way. That's the big promise. And so the letter comes. God speaks. We already have what we need to heal and survive. We need to lament and hear that it is in the regular stuff of life when we seek the welfare of others that we will find that sweet welfare too. It is then and only then that we can embrace this promise. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm to give you a future with hope. Make it so, God. Amen.